go. What's going on, y'all? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sandbox Podcast. It's a platform where we learn how to lead well with other leaders. Let's go. The sun is shining. Let's get started. All right, coming to you live from the good land. It's your boy Tyler Richardson, and welcome back to another episode of the Sandbox Podcast. It's been a minute, but we're back in action, and we have a little update for you moving forward with all of the podcast goodness. So, moving forward, Basically, I'm going to have a whole bunch of different podcasts, and each podcast is going to have 50 episodes. When we reach the 50-episode mark, that podcast is complete. It will stay on the internet, but we are going to start a new podcast to continue a different train of thought. I think that's going to help me because a lot of times it's hard to uh, do things that are very open-ended. So I kind of thought this may actually help. So I may do some podcasts in the future that also tackle some leadership stuff, but it won't be Sandbox-centric. Uh, so Sandbox is going to stay on the internet forever and will be basically the hub for leaders learning how to lead other leaders, that facet of leadership, where it's not just giving you leadership tools, it is specifically giving you um, tools that the people who don't want to grow up skip, if that makes sense. So uh, that's, I feel like that's as nice as I can say it. Um, because there are leaders who lead people. They are fantastic at leading people. They speak, everybody jumps up and helps them do whatever they need to do. But when it's time to lead around other leaders and with other leaders and lead other leaders in other departments, other organizations, uh, that's when the friction comes because they know how to be in charge, but not how to... Um, co-lead being in charge. And that's a very tricky thing. And that's what I've hoped we've learned a little bit on this podcast. And uh, we're going to keep that train rolling. So after today's episode, there will be five episodes left of the Sandbox podcast. I've done this podcast for years. Just sprinkle a little here, sprinkle a little there. And uh, I'm excited to now know what I'm going to do because now 50 episodes, it's easy to end it and move forward. Uh, I'm also sad because, you know, this is where I cut my podcast teeth and we're moving forward, but it's all good. So anyways, uh, after this episode, there are five more and then we're done with Sandbox forever. And, uh, but not with podcasts, so it'll be good. But anyways, what we're going to tackle today, it's going to be a little bit short and sweet because, you know, it's not the most fun topic to talk about, but I think it's one that we've all dealt with. So we're just going to attack it the best way we know how. And that is going to be Passive Aggressiveness 101. Passive Aggressiveness 101. Now, uh, maybe you have a very pure heart, a very pure soul, and you come from a very pure place. And so you may not be fully aware of what passive aggressiveness is, what it looks like, what it feels like. Um, And if that is the case, I'm just going to give you a general rundown. Okay, uh, we all remember what it's like to be in school, whether we were homeschooled or public school, whatever it may be. Uh, we all knew that we got graded on assignments, right? And then as you got graded on those assignments, uh, you had a general idea of how you were doing, whether it be in the class or in school overall. And then when you got your report card, your report card basically was a synopsis of all of the many grades you had gotten throughout the semester or throughout the year. So if you got, you know, a whole bunch of A's, 
then you know, your report card saying A isn't really a surprise to you. However, if you'd be getting D's and F's, you are trying to avoid either getting your report card or letting your parents see your report card because you, you know, you don't have to look at it to know what's on it. And this is kind of what passive aggressiveness is like. Let's imagine, now that you have the vibe of grades, of tests that lead up to report cards, passive aggressiveness it's kind of like this. It's let's imagine that you have been getting A pluses on your tests for a semester. Every test you get with giant red ink, it is A plus, a hundred percent. Great job. Check marks. You know, scratch and sniff sni- uh, stickers. Do y'all remember those? And uh, it's just a, a wonderful time. And then you get to the end of the semester, and you're pretty sure your report card is going to say A, because all of your tests have been A. And, you know, you're minding your own business, and one day you drive home, or get driven home by your parents, and you open your report card, and to your dismay, you see that you have a D on your report card. And you're trying to figure out, how could it be when what has been communicated to you was that you were doing wonderful, how at the end of the day, it shows that you're not doing wonderful. If anything, you're not in that good of standing with school at all. And so some of the feelings you may feel are, this isn't fair. Some of the feelings you may feel are, I'm a little bit confused. Like, if, if I was doing this poorly, why didn't you tell me I was doing poorly instead of making me think I was doing wonderful? And there's a lot of just interesting swirly things that starts happening in our brains. And this is a little bit what passive aggressiveness is like. You are inter, uh, interacting with people and the words that may be going back and forth are everything is fine. You know, the the short conversations in the hallway, you know, the little bit of interaction, everything on paper, seems to be going very well. Yet, when there comes a moment of crisis, or when there comes a moment of confrontation, or just a moment of, you know, emotions and moods being high, what happens is the reality starts to seep in. And where you think you've been on really good terms, the reality is um, somebody out of nowhere starts telling you that they think you're selfish, or they think that you're not a team player, or they think that you just want to hog the spotlight. And you're very confused because if you thought that, why haven't you said that before until this exact moment? This is the passive-aggressive 101 theme of death, as I like to call it, because um, passive-aggressiveness is just a very interesting thing. Passive-aggressiveness may reveal itself in many different ways. Sometimes it shows up in sarcasm. Sometimes it shows up where you're... Uh, oddly uninvited to go get dinner or lunch in the middle of the day, or maybe everybody is having a conversation, you get there, and they get really quiet and awkward. Passive aggressiveness could show up in so many different ways. Um, But usually you know it when it happens. Sometimes you may be overthinking things, sure. Sometimes you may be a little bit too in your emotions and in your head, of course, possibly. It always happens. But Uh, I think more times than we wish, we're probably accurately feeling out that there is a passive-aggressive game afoot. And uh, it's a very interesting thing, you know, 
I think there's two facets. I think there's one facet of trying to figure out why do we do passive aggressiveness? Why, you know, not just why do people do passive aggressiveness towards us, but if we are ever passive aggressive, why? Why do we think it's necessary? And usually, you know, it's because we're frustrated enough to be annoyed, but we're not mad enough to speak. Okay? We're frustrated enough to be annoyed at a situation, at a person, at how a person handled a situation, whatever it might be. We're frustrated enough to be annoyed, but we're not mad enough. With That frustration hasn't gone to a place of anger yet that we are comfortable enough to speak, that we are comfortable enough to have some confrontation. And usually that's why we just wait and put it on a slow burner until the slow burner begins to boil. Things get too heated and then explosions happen. And um, then the person who has been receiving passive aggressiveness and then the person who has been given uh, giving passive aggressiveness, uh, the sandpaper of personalities really hits home and the sandpaper turns into full-blown, you know, saws and sledgehammers and it just gets really bad. And uh, I think there's a thing for us specifically, leaders who want to lead other leaders. I think one thing we have to really address in this is passive aggressiveness is that warm blanket that is always cozy, but it's also a snooze button. It's keeping you cozy and comfortable, but it's also keeping you from dealing with reality. When an alarm is going off, it's not because it's there to annoy you. It was set by you to let you know that there was something you needed to do. You needed to get out of bed either because you had to take your kids to school or you need to wake up because you have an important meeting you got to get to. It is there to remind you of something that you want to do before you got too comfortable to be annoyed at it. And, um, I think so often, instead of just dealing with the confrontation, I fully understand this because I don't know if there's anybody alive who hates confrontation more than me. I just want us to all get along, and I want all of us to want to get along, and I want all of us to want to get along so much that none of us ever have, have to have weird conversations because we're all working so hard to get along with each other that the world is just so bright and colorful. Um, the reality is that's just not the way it goes. People wake up on the wrong side of bed. People skip lunch. People, you know, have a car wreck in the middle of the day. All these things happen and put people in certain moods in different seasons for different reasons. And I think those are the points where we always need to choose communication first um, communication always doesn't have to mean confrontation. I think that's something I've learned uh, the long way and the hard way is that just because we're communicating about something doesn't mean we're having an argument. It doesn't mean that we're fighting. It doesn't mean that we have now entered into some weird things where, you know, when we get tacos tomorrow, it's going to be weird. It, that's not the reality. We can have communication and find ways to uh, see over the hedge and get over the fence without having to make it this do or die high stakes scenario. And um, when we realize that, I think passive aggressiveness is a lot less appealing. Um, if you're getting on my nerves, it's a lot less appealing for me to be like, oh, you know, here's Jill. You know, Jill loves, you know, she just takes her time. And, you know, Jill, she just, wow, you know, when, when Jill gets to sing, you can just really see that her face lights up and she just really gets excited because, you know, we can tell she's been waiting all week to sing this song. You know, just these things, things that seem funny 
seem harmless and seem all good fun uh, are really sharp daggers that are very immature. And leaders who want to lead other leaders um, should be way better than passive aggressiveness, um, should be way better than being afraid of communication because you don't want to deal with confrontation. If you're going to be a leader who's going to lead other leaders, we're honestly just going to have to grow up and deal with the fact that sometimes you have to communicate before you can have unity. And sometimes uh, communication and confrontation is a signal and a sign of proof that you actually are in unity. Confrontation and communication doesn't always mean that we're always paddling upstream in this, you know, we're never going to be unified, we're never going to be on the same page, it's never going to work out, uh, which is sometimes I think what happens in our brain. And if you've if you have, you know, interactions with somebody, a leader either above you or whatever it may be, that is passive aggressive towards you, I also think that we need to grow up and sit them down and be like, hey, um, I feel like there is a little bit of an issue. Uh, for some reason, I feel like when you talk to me, you're kind of talking down to me. There's a little bit of like a passive aggressive thing. Is that my imagination or what's going on? And uh, if you are around any leadership, especially church leadership, what you're probably going to find out is eight times out of 10, they're going to go, no, what are you talking about? We're best friends. I love you more than anything. I want you to be the godparents of my future children. You know, it's just, what? Um, and then you get out of the meeting and they're rolling their eyes, going to their friends in the corner. Oh my God, that was the dumbest meeting I've ever been to in my entire life. I, they just, oh, blah, blah. Yeah, like I'd actually tell you I have an issue with you. And there's just just a lot of immaturity that takes place. And a lot of times when it comes to immaturity and leadership, you can't control other people's immaturity, but you definitely can control how you respond, react, and engage with that quote-unquote immaturity. Sometimes you're being immature and you think they're being immature, but sometimes they are actually being immature. And regardless of what it is, uh, I don't think you should ever allow passive aggressiveness to have a place at the table, as Louis Giglio would probably say. And you, you just refuse for there to be undertones that are unhealthy. You refuse for there to be communication that is not lifting up of each other. Um, I heard a pastor say many years ago, that they were in school and they went to a, they did a field trip to a very famous um, potter, like a person who like puts the clay on the wheel and, you know, makes vases and stuff that we buy at Home Depot. And uh, in the lesson, the instructor was saying that you never push down on the clay. You always pull up on the clay. Um, and then the pastor obviously made the analogy when it comes to people working on people and how the Lord works on us, that uh, the Lord is never just condemning and speaking down to people. He's always pulling people up because uh, we need to embrace the reality of where we're supposed to be. And that's never down. It's always up. And uh, and I think a lot of times we need to keep that in our brains when it comes to the way we communicate with each other. We always need to make sure that they're, that the undertone of our communication is pulling up never pushing down. Um, sometimes people think that um, speaking down to people gets results. And it may get results, but I'm not entirely sure it is building anything. Uh, just because it gets results doesn't mean it's lasting fruit. Uh, a result and fruit is not the same thing. A fruit may look like a result, and a result may look like a fruit, but... Uh, uh, 
oh man, but if you've ever tasted the difference, you know the difference. And so I just want to encourage everybody. That's passive aggressiveness one-on-one. You don't want to be communicating to people that we're in this wonderful world and then one day they get hit you know, and sideswiped and they're trying to figure out what exactly is going on because we were too cowardly to communicate them issues when they happened. Or um, not even letting people know when they're getting on our nerves, but making sure that we all know together, up, down, all around, that we all understand that this is an area where the communication pulls up and we don't do undertones here. At this church, at this organization, on this team, we don't do uh, these weird sarcastic undertones. That's not how we operate. We're better than that. And I think that helps keep people free of passive aggressiveness. And um, I think when you're free of passive aggressiveness, people feel um, that your compliments are actually genuine, that you're not saying things just because it's the nice thing to do. And they can also trust you when you have a critique because the critique is coming from somebody whose undertone is pulling up, not pushing down. And if the critique is to pull me up because you see the potential and what's possible out of my life, it's a whole lot easier to trust that critique and deal with the burn and the cut of that critique because I know that you actually have my best interest at heart instead of you just loving to cut people down all the time because it makes you feel bigger. Does that make sense? So anyway, that's Passive Aggressiveness 101. Thank you so much. I believe we'll all be better for it. Remember, after this episode, only five episodes left for the Sandbox podcast for the remainder of time on Earth until the apocalypse hits, tanks are filling the streets, and uh, Jesus comes back on that cloud. (laughs) And... All the good stuff, all the things we debate. So in the meantime, please do not be passive aggressive and don't allow somebody else's passive aggressive to keep you locked in. Fight to keep people uh, pulling up on the clay and full of integrity, full of peace and unity, actual unity. We will all be better for it. Remember, above everything else, please play nice in that sandbox.